Welcome, everyone, to The Carb Watch. I am your host, Ben Rogers. This is a show where where we dive into weight loss, weight management, healthy eating. Uh, this is where you can find some real practical tips on living a healthier life. And, and today, I'm just... I'm so excited to have Wendy Love on. She's from Jackson Avenue Tea in Knoxville, Tennessee, a Knoxville person just like myself. I'm, I'm so excited. Wendy, thank you so much for being on. Tell us a little bit about yourself and Jackson Avenue Tea. Let's just do a quick intro here. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited today. I'm very passionate about tea, and we have a little tea shop in on Jackson Avenue, and it's a retail space where people can, before COVID, come in and smell the teas, uh, get a sampling of the tea, but now with COVID, of course, we are just a pickup-only type tea shop, and we do a lot of online sales. Um, I have about 75 different types of loose leaf tea, and we sell it in two-ounce portions and do plenty of sampling. I, I love that. I, I, I got to just dive in here. I know I'm, I'm throwing you for an audible here, but the smelling of the tea, I, when you <laughs> said that, I'm like, is that a big deal? Is that something that it's you've noticed a is a... Deal is a big mm -hmm. deal with your customers and with mm -hmm. yourself? Yes. So tea is an herb. And if it's stored correctly, it has the um, smells of freshness. And a lot of people can tell if they're, um, if they know their teas, they can tell a lot about the region the tea is grown, how fresh the tea is by the smell. Um, tea is a very interesting um product. You have to be careful with how it's stored. It has to be stored airtight without light, um, not in anything acrylic. It needs to be in the darkest corner possible, airtight, no refrigeration needed. And so um, a lot of people store tea incorrectly and then it doesn't have the fresh smell or the fresh taste that people would like to have. I, I love that. Just the, the practical ways of you know, making best use of, of, of their tea in your, in your mm -hmm. pantry or in your cabinet. You know, mm -hmm. one thing, you know, about our listeners I, that I know, you know, right now a lot of people are, they're looking for ways to, to stay calm. And, and before the show, we were talking a little bit about the calming effect of tea. So can we talk a little bit about, you know, why people drink tea? And let's go ahead and start with just calming anxiety and what, what that's about, what you recommend for that. So I want to back up just a little bit because I think people misunderstand tea a little bit. There are three different types of tea leaves, and we're not talking about McDonald's sweet tea. We are talking about a whole leaf tea that's picked. All A black tea, a green tea, and a white tea is all the same tea plant. They're just processed differently. A green, a black tea is typically heated either in the sun or through a heating system, and that's what makes it dark. In color. A green tea is limited processing and a white tea is no, it's just air dried. And it's usually after it's being, after it's picked, it's laying on a grate and, and it is dried. And the particles that fall under the grates is what they call fannings. Fannings is typically what you would find in a McDonald's sweet tea or a Lipton's tea bag. They do not usually use the whole leaf tea, which is where the nutrients are. They usually use the fannings that the, I call it the byproduct of the whole leaf tea is usually what you find in a pre-bagged tea. And so um, a black tea is typically one that has the highest concentration of caffeine. A green tea and a white tea are considered a decaf. Um, 
the levels of caffeine typically are 20% of the caffeine that coffee has. A lot of people tell me, oh, I get so jittery with tea. Typically, it's not the caffeine that's making you jittery, but all the, all the nutrients that are in tea can cause you to be a little bit more jittery. So it's not necessarily a caffeine thing. So, you know, it's really important to um, watch, drink tea, see what, how your body responds to the nutrients in tea, the amount of caffeine in tea. You know, um, a lot of people associate chamomile tea as a calming tea. A couple of thing that, things that I find very interesting about chamomile is it's not actually a tea. It's an herb. There's no tea leaves in a chamomile tea, and it's a family of ragweed. So a lot of people are allergic to ragweed. You should never drink chamomile tea then if you're allergic to ragweed because it has some of the same properties uh, chamomile does that ragweed does. That's interesting. I, I, bet, family. Mm -hmm. I bet a lot of people don't realize that and they wonder yeah. you know, what, why they might not feel good when, when drinking chamo chamomile. That's yeah, so a lot of people want that. They want that calming effect of chamomile, but they don't understand that you have to really, you know, you want a whole chamomile flower to steep um a black a lot of people don't like tea they don't really like the the taste of tea and some of that comes from tannings which is what is the ingredient in wine that causes it to be a little bit bitter and sometimes i find that people don't steep tea correctly they they do it too they don't have quality water they steep it too hot and too long um, a black tea, typically you can boil it at, you can steep it boiling hot, boiling hot for three minutes. And then after that three minutes, it's going to start getting bitter. So you want to, you want to follow your instructions pretty carefully when you, when you do tea and green tea, you don't want to steep that in a boiling water because it burns the leaves. They're pretty fresh and pretty fragile leaves. And so it's going to, turn bitter quickly and it's going to actually knock all the flavor out of a whole leaf green tea. So you want to do it less than a boil, very quickly steep it. A good green tea, you could steep in cold water and uh, white tea is the same way. An herbal like the chamomile or any of these other herbs that I'd love to share with you um, like Tulsi or licorice root or ginger root. Those are things that can steep hard and long and it will not affect the bitterness or taste because it doesn't have tea leaves in it. The tea leaves is what makes tea bitter. So, you know, as far as tea is really a, a ceremony, people enjoy the ceremony of tea and that's what causes people to slow down, enjoy their tea time. It really, I don't think it necessarily is some of the tea but it's some of the rituals of actually slowing down and enjoying a process and having something that they enjoy for themselves. There are a lot of health benefits to tea, black, white, green herbals, fruits, which is they call tisanes. Um, There's a lot of health benefits in those. But I think some of the most calming effect of tea is actually the ritual of slowing down, steeping the tea correctly, enjoying a cup of hot tea. Um, that's what I find with a lot of my clients. You know what? I, I'm so excited that you said that because, you know, when I think about myself and I think about what calms me down, 
it is, mm -hmm. it's the routine of doing something, mm -hmm. not necessarily what it is that I'm doing mm -hmm. or consuming. And, mm -hmm. and I just, I, that also, I mean, one of the things that we really hone on at performance medicine is, is taking control of your own health and mm -hmm. having a, a calming routine with tea seems like something we all can do, you know, like we all can get together as a family, as a friend group, and we can, you know, lessen anxiety if you're anxious or calm down that way. And there's, yes. there's no negative side effects. Am, am I right, Wendy? <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. No negative side effects. The breathe, taking a big, deep breath and just enjoying the process of something. I love that. And I, and one thing that you mentioned, I, I didn't realize was, you know, I, I'll see labels say herbal tea and mm -hmm. I didn't mm -hmm. realize that that was that much different than say regular mm -hmm. tea. Can you just go over the, the differences real quick? It's probably super, uh, super obvious and I'm just really ignorant. So there's black tea, there's a green tea, a white tea, an oolong which is kind of the difference between a green and a white. Um, there is an herbal and an herbal tea. It might say tea, but unless there's tea leaves in it, it has, it doesn't have the caffeine. Um, and so, and then they have a tisane and a tisane is all fruit, dried fruit. And we have a great one called berry bunch that a lot of the kids like to be a part of the whole tea ritual. And so they'll, we used to set, um, sell them beer it's called berry bunch and it's just rose hips and and different dried fruits um and so the so an example would be peppermint tea a lot of people say oh i love peppermint tea well you can get black tea that has peppermint in it or just the herbal peppermint leaves that are that are um used steeped and made an herbal tea and that has no caffeine in it. And a lot of people use peppermint for relaxing, for calming the stomach, for calming just their emotions. A lot of times just a decompress, sometimes the smell of peppermint or the essential oils in peppermint tea will help in that aspect. There's also one other tea, they call it tea, but it doesn't have tea leaves in it, is a rooibos, R-O-O-I-B-O-S. And I always say it's like Roy Rogers driving a bus, Roy bus. <laughs> and it's actually an herb that's grown in South Africa. And it is, there's no tea in it, but some people call it a red tea, but it, it, it is colored red, but it's not, it does not have any tea leaves in it. And I have found in the years that I've done this, that rooibos tea typically has the higher amount of nutritional value and health benefits than any tea, uh, black, white, or green. It, the rooibos seems to have everything covered completely. Um, so those are kind of what I would say the main um, gist of tea or the labels of tea. Or in, in, like I said, some people say, oh, like red tea, and they're talking about rooibos. Well, rooibos is a herbal. There is no t caffeine in a rooibos tea. So sometimes that T is that T word is just used very loosely, but it doesn't mean there's actually tea leaves in it. Well, what, you know, because initially, you know, gosh, there's so many different types and there's so <laughs> many different purposes. 
when people come in and, and you're kind of counseling them on, on how to choose a tea, what are they basing or how are you basing your suggestions? You know, how do you go about choosing the tea that's right for you? Because I, I, I had heard of rooibos and I knew mm-hmm. that there was a lot of nutritional mm-hmm. value in it. Yes. Um, would you say, would you suggest a rooibos for somebody who is wanting nutritional value out of their tea, if that makes sense? Or is everyone coming in wanting some sort of nutritional value? So I find that some of the people that come in and a lot of them say, I just want to get off caffeine. I just need a lesser value of caffeine in my beverage. And so there's really two different type of tea, three different type of tea drinkers. One is the cat person that likes a flavorful, fruity, vanilla, you know, chestnut, chocolate flavored tea. There's another tea um, client that likes a very distinct regional tea, tea that's grown in a particular region um, of the world. There's, um, I have a tea called Coracunda and it's a, it's grown in a very dry region and, and they are very hot. Those customers can tell exactly where the tea is grown. They tend to like it for properties of the flavoring more than the nutritional value. The third client is truly a beneficial, you know, nutrient type. A nutrition type client and those clients typically lean more towards the herbal teas hmm. the herbal drinks you know and so I I really find out what they're looking for because I have teas like a chestnut tea that is a whole leaf tea black tea that it you can make it mimic the taste of coffee pretty easily a yerba mate can mimic the flavoring of coffee um, if someone's trying just to make a smarter choice on their beverages to get them going in the morning, or they like that ritual of coffee in the morning. Um, but I really ask questions. I find that 90% of what I do is educate on yep. how to steep it, how, how, how to process it, how to, what tea is and what tea isn't. And so once I get that done, then we start talking about flavors and what your palate, most tea drinkers are actually wine drinkers. They have that same type of palate. They like the tannings that are in the wine and in the tea. They have a very sensitive, complex palate. And so typically your high-end tea drinkers also like really high in wine. So, um, I really ask a lot of questions. That's a, it's a great comparison because the way you're talking about it, there does seem to be such a culture around Mm -hmm. tea drinking, Mm -hmm. much like, you know, wine drinking culture. And Mm -hmm. you start to learn about, you know, in, in the case of wine, you know, where, where the, uh, the grapes are from and, you know, what type of grape and, and I'm assuming the way you're talking is the same thing with, with tea. Like I could come Mm -hmm. in and I could really just like the tea leaf that's from a certain region of a certain country. Is, is that, is that kind of what you're saying? Is that similar? I am. And there's also a thing called a flush. So there is a first flush and a second flush. The first flush is actually the first picking in the spring of the new leaf. It tends to be a little bit more bitter and people don't like a first flush. They'd rather have the second or the third pick off of a tea 
bush because it has a different taste to it. So I definitely have different cuts of tea. I have different flushes of tea and that's all about harvesting. And it is, you know, I have a man in Pittsburgh that gets, he has bought tea for me for 20 years. And, and it mainly is because um, I, I have a specific vendor that I buy that tea from and he likes where that region, that tea is uh, the state. It's called an estate of the type of tea that he drinks. He loves it. So, you know, there's a lot about, um, you know, rainy season has a different type of tea. A dry season has a different flavor of tea. So real tea drinkers, that tea drinker, the high-end tea drinker, they understand that and know that. And it is very much of a a wine, you know, list I, type. I, I just, I love stuff like that. Just the same way I love, you know, what you were saying around having a sense of calmness when, mm -hmm. when drinking tea and, and some of that has to do mm -hmm. with the environment as much as the, the tea. And, and one thing I'm going to move forward in, in that, you know, one thing I know so many people are interested in and why I think I would drink tea, maybe some of the listeners out there, I'm sure a lot of your clients, they, they're looking for something that has antioxidants in it. And mm -hmm. when I think of antioxidants, I think of green tea. Will you just kind of run with that and tell me how I'm wrong? <laughs> no, you're right. Um, all tea, black, green, or white, have antioxidants. Okay. Because the green tea is not processed as, as severely, it tends to have a higher count of antioxidants. Um, if you talk to me about uh, a rooibos, or I have an herbal tea that's called a detox, and it has... Tulsi in it, which is another name for holy basil or licorice root or ginger root. Those type of accompaniments to tea um, are anti-inflammatory. They're antibacterial. They're anti-microbial. Um, they they kind of add the tea and kind of amp the tea benefits when you add some of these additives, Tulsi, ginger root, licorice root, some of those things I would add to the tea to kind of juice it, you know, to kind of boost those already natural so, so ingredients. That's, so that's not a specific type of tea as much as it's mm -hmm. something that you would add, like you would add honey mm -hmm. to tea. Right, right. Huh. There is also um, a theory that if you are allergic to... Um, and uh, like here, some kind of ragweed or some some kind of um, environment here, say in East Tennessee, if you use honey from this area in your tea, it helps have some kind of resistance towards those allergies. So I've we always try thing. and use that, yeah, a local honey in with your tea. Um, I, I would say that green tea definitely has more antioxidants and antioxidants are, um, they help protect the cell. They help rejuvenate the cell. They help in replacing cell in the membrane, just keeping it. And that's what helps with the antioxidants to help you become more immune to viral things or, or just the anti-aging, you know, that's a big deal for, us women, anti-aging is a big deal. And so, and now in this environment with COVID, it's really important to boost your immune system, ha have the best ingredients in your body and let your body heal naturally and effectively and efficiently. 
So I totally agree. Are, are you saying that the antioxidants, are, are are they in the tea leaf as well? So yes. if, if we're looking for that, we need to go towards the, the green teas, the rooibuses, things of that nature, and then think about adding ginger root. Um, yes, and you licorice the, root. Okay. And you add that. What is, is that something that you would mix in the tea bag? Or is yes. That- so, so think about what I said in the very beginning is that you really want to lean towards a whole leaf tea, not necessarily tea that's been cut or the byproduct of tea. You want to really look for a whole leaf tea. So you have the whole benefits of the, of, of the tea leaf. Um, so I, I would say that you're going to get some natural antioxidants with all the tea and especially if they're brewed correctly. But to boost that, I would definitely add some of the natural ingredients like licorice root, Tulsi, ginger root. Some of those things will boost the already, um, the antioxidants that are already in black, green or white tea. Will that change the, the flavor profile as well? Like, you know, do you, are you going by a person's palate with that in addition to their desire to protect their immune system or strengthen their immune system? I would say it's not going to, it's important, of course, how much you put in the ratio that you put in, but it should not affect the, the flavoring of tea. You know, rooibos, going back to that, in its fine state, in its plain state, tastes a little bit like tobacco. You know, I like to add a good peppermint with it or a little chocolate or give me something to tone that down a little bit. That sounds the opposite of healthy, Wendy. (laughs) This is true, but it has a very harsh taste in its raw form. Now, some people still like that, but to get that more, that's why some people add a rooibos to a green tea. I have lots of customers Hmm. that mix a rooibos with a green tea just to bring along all those nutrients on the same beverage. And just, just so I'm picturing it right. And again, this is probably just my ignorance, but are you, when you say mix, are you mixing two bags or are you actually putting two different types of leaves in the same bag? Two different kinds of product in the same bag. So in our world, we, all of our tea is sold in separate containers. And so you have the privilege to mix it together, put it in a tea bag and steep your own mix. You know, that's some of the fun part of tea also is that you can create your own. You can create your own type of you know, Wendy loves specialty. In fact, <laughs> I had a tea that I created for Valentine's Day. Had a little cherry, had a little chocolate, had a little strawberry. Also, I have a I have a tea called Lapsang Shushong that I did a campfire, a s'mores, and you put a little sweetener in there and a little chocolate, and it smells like a campfire. <laughs> so you can just have fun with it too. It doesn't have to all be oh, I just got to drink this because it tastes, you know, it's good for me, but you can enjoy it too. You can enjoy the process also. Yeah. I I would imagine that a lot of your clients would really fall in love with the process of brewing it. And, and I want to go back to that because it seems like so much of the effectiveness or how much you like the tea is, is, um, is around how well you prepare it. 
Um, right. So right. can you give us just a few tips? Uh, you know, if we're saying we know tea is good for us, but we want to enjoy it at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. what are some of the things that we can do from a, I know you mentioned the boiling and I know it's a little bit different with, with each type of tea leaf, mm-hmm. but is there anything mm-hmm. that is super practical that, you know, the listeners could go back and, and boil a, uh, or brew some tea that would be better than what they might have before listening to this? I think it's really important to use very um, pure water. I think the second thing is the heat of the water, just making sure that, you know, you use the appropriate temperature because if you use too hot of a water on a green tea or white tea, it's actually burning the leaves and you don't get any nutritional value, nor do you get any of the flavoring. So be really careful, like I said before, in a good green tea, you could be able, you could cold steep it. And, um, and that's okay. That's, you know, put it in your refrigerator overnight and drink it the next day. Um, I think temperature is so important and the timing of how long you steep tea is so important because I mean, I had so many people said, oh, I just don't like the flavor of green tea. It's just bitter. And I'm like, it's because you're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. If you take a step back and do it the correct way and I have them come back and say, you were right. I love green tea. And it was because they had been steeping it incorrectly. And so they got a different product. Is the steeping it, is that the, is that the one you mentioned three minutes where you steep it for Mm -hmm. three minutes? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And with green tea, you just don't need to steep it very long. One, another interesting fact, um, if you have a black tea, you steep it once really. And then it's really not as, as good the second steep, but the second steep has less caffeine in it. The green tea and the white teas, people sometimes like the second and the third time that they steep the tea and steeping means putting the tea leaves in the water, Okay, you know, letting, letting the water, water, um, um, steep the tea leaves. So, um, some people like the second and third steep of a green and a white tea more than the first, you know, it's just playing around with what you like and seeing what works best. Um, and as far as the herbals, uh, those can be steeped long and hard and there's no tea leaves to burn. So, or to, to be bitter. There's nothing bitter about any of those because there's no actual tea leaves in the herbals to sains and rooibos. So to round out the antioxidant purpose, you know, if, if somebody were to get three, say three bags of, of, of different tea leaves, what would you suggest just for pure immune system, antioxidant purposes? You know, like you said, I'm sure you got people who are, who are coming in either wanting to get rid of a cold or uh, want to protect themselves from a cold. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? How would you kind of advise us? So I used to have a lot of customers that came in post-chemotherapy mm. and their doctor would suggest that they drank Cincha. And Cincha is a type of green tea that is a very rich green tea. And they, that would be probably my first go-to in someone that wanted to build their immune system. Someone that wanted to, and that's, um, you and that's know, one tea leaf. That's one type of green tea is called Sencha. Okay. And you can get different flavorings. You could get a, you know, you could add things to that. Uh, I have a mango coconut Sencha, or you could do a, 
a blueberry sencha. You could add things to it if you didn't like just the plain flavor of the green sencha tea. But I would say that would be my first um, green tea that has the highest concentration or um, the most requested tea that we have to boost the immune system, to, um, to protect them from things they're going around, they don't want to catch any any kind of illnesses, or they just have a compromised immune system. That is, that's great. Actually, I wrote that down. I know Jenny and the Green Room wrote that down. I'm sure a lot of <laughs> listeners out there are writing that down right now. And I want to I want to go to sleep, and because that's so important, it's one of our four pillars. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not sleeping well, if you're not getting the appropriate amount of sleep. Um, it's really Im- almost, Im- it's impossible to be operating optimally. So mm-hmm. do you have an, is, is sleeping similar to the calmness in that there is, cause I know people who they drink tea at night and that's so ritualistic for them. And I'm sure a lot of it is, you know, kind of that winding down. It's that, it's that mm-hmm. cue, you know, drinking, mm-hmm. boiling the tea, that sound is the cue mm-hmm. that, okay, my day is winding down. It's time to it's time to get ready for bed. Is that kind of, am I onto something there or is there also a tea leaf that is super helpful, you know, in helping people go to sleep? So people that are sensitive to caffeine typically would not drink any kind of loose leaf tea before they go to bed because it does have a trace amount, as little as it could be, there is amount of there. You can never say that a tea is caffeine free. It may be decaf, but it's never caffeine free. So most of the people that I find that drink a type of tea before they go to bed is a peppermint or a chamomile, something that causes the um, just a relaxant that causes are those the both herbs. Kind of- so those are both those are both herbals. Am I those right? Are both herbals. Mm-hmm. Okay, because you because mm-hmm. the, the the loose leaf tea you don't want because of the trace amounts. Right. Okay. And and most of my clients are sensitive to caffeine, so they don't even want a chance having a loose leaf, black, white, green, or or oolong tea before bed because there is traces of caffeine in it. So typically they go lean towards the herbals. They'll do a peppermint. They'll do a peppermint with a little bit of chai spice in it. And that's more of an Indian flavor and just something to soothe and quiet things down, uh, that tends to be relaxing is a peppermint or, or, or a chamomile, but those are all herbals. They are not, there's no tea leaves in those. Is there, is there timing associated with that in terms of, you know, okay, an hour before bed or, or, you know, or is it just totally personal? It is a personal choice, but, you know, I think, as early as you can start the process, the better of relaxing and enjoying your evening will cause you to have a better night's sleep. I don't know that there's any studies that suggest a better time or not um, for that. That's super fast. I, I can I can totally, you know, I can really connect with the, the routine of this and, and just mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. culture behind it. And, you know, I kind of, you know, I know we need to wrap up here pretty soon, but, you know, for the person who wants to add this routine, they, they know it's healthy, but they just haven't quite gotten there. Uh, Whether they think it's, for me, I, you know, I can see how people would think it'd be too complicated. It's much more easy, (laughs) you know, to brew a cup of coffee or, you know, to get the Keurig out. Um, Can you kind of, you know, for that person who, who wants to start, but 
but just thinks it's too difficult, too time consuming, or they're not going to do it right. Where would you say to start? What's, what's kind of, how do you coach them? I would say start with something that you really like the flavor of, you know, a lot of people do things that they want to get that benefit of, you know, if, if they do want, um, like a vanilla tea and they just love the taste of vanilla, they'll do that. They'll go the extra couple minutes to do that, to have that flavor that they want. I would say that it's not complicated. It's not any more really complicated than coffee. It's just an educated decision. Um, and I think that people that are tea drinkers and they drink it for nutrition, it's, it's an intentional decision. It's something that they want. They intend to make it a, a better, their, their health better, and they'll do the things that matter to make that happen. And so I don't think I find that people, they, one, it's an education. What do you need? Really? You need some tea leaves. You need a nice source of water and you need to be able to heat the water in an appropriate uh, temperature. And that's really it. There's really nothing. And once you get used to that, it you don't even need temperature gauges or anything like that. You can tell, you know exactly when you can put your tea leaves in and what you need to take them out. And you kind of play with it. And it's kind of, if you just create it as a fun experiment and not create it, you have to do this, you know, and yes. not make it stressful, but just enjoy it. It makes it a lot different. But people are typically willing to do things that help their health. Well, and one of those pieces of education is, of course, people like you and places like Jackson Avenue Tea. Can you, you know, before we end up here, can you tell everybody where they can find you, kind of what you're up to online? Uh, give us give us where to find, let's start with your website and where they can find some of the education on that site. Right. So I have a website called jacksonavenuetea.com. I am on Amazon at Jackson Avenue T. I'm at the Walmart, the new online app for Walmart. I am on Instagram and I'm on Pinterest and Etsy and, and, but also you can always just call the store and we can walk you through that, especially with COVID. We aren't allowing guests, guests into the store, but we can definitely do a lot of sampling and sending samples home and letting you try it and talk through it. And we understand the process and, we um, we offer delivery, we offer pickup, and we also do free delivery or free shipping over fifty dollars. So, and for the for the Instagram and all those handles, they're all Jackson Avenue T. Jackson Avenue T. Mm -hmm. Super cool, Wendy Love. This has been such a pleasure for me, and I know for the listeners out there, this has been super educational, which is such a big part of getting involved in tea culture and, you know, adding this as part of their health journey and staying healthy and, and, you know, staying away from sickness and disease and, and all the good stuff. I, I, we really do appreciate you. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Oh, on the thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Thank absolutely, you. Absolutely. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you guys. This has been the Carb watch. Check out Wendy love and Jackson Avenue tea. Uh, all the links will be in the show notes. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And as always, we'll see you next week. Wendy, that was awesome. Thanks guys for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.